Imagine if each morning when you wake up, you're smiling and looking forward to your day, knowing you are happy even while you're dealing with grief and loss. The Grief and Happiness Podcasts inspires, comforts, and supports you with each new episode. I'm Emily Zerothret, welcoming you to explore with me your life of endless possibilities. Aloha. Welcome today to our podcast. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. I'll be speaking with Mark Tika Wiley, and it should be very interesting. So, Martika, could you introduce yourselves to us and tell us a little bit about you? Uh, yes, um, I am an author uh, of the book called Having Fun with God, based on my experiences uh, growing up and dealing with death and loss and um, all the epiphanies in between. And I do have a podcast. It's on hiatus at the moment called Grieve with Ease. And I help other people that are dealing with uh, death and loss. And um, yeah, so that's basically my my work when I'm not doing work work. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Where do you live? I'm in Ontario, Canada, in a small town called Creemore. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have lots of people from uh, Canada that, that listen to my show and come to my Grief and Happiness Alliance. So that's that's cool that uh, we've got that connection. Mm-hmm. I love the name of your book. What what prompted the name of your book? Oh, actually, it was very, it was very uh, inspirational or uh, spiritually, you know, divinely it just kind of came through me and the writing, uh, I was very compelled to write it. And the title actually was, I guess, from the higher self, if you will. I kind of argued with the higher self about the the title. God sounds very religious. I'm, I'm not, I'm not religious, I'm more spiritual based. I don't, I don't practice any religion, although I grew up in the Catholic faith. And um, just one day I was kind of riding on the train into the city just to, you know, do a bit of uh, window shopping, as it were. And that voice said, you know, why don't you call your book Having Fun With Me, Having Fun With God? And I thought, well, that sounds interesting, except God is very religion, you know, based and people would assume and they have that I'm religious because of the title. But the word God is very personal, as opposed to life, which is general. And I think the two are in synonymous, the same life as God and God is life. It's, you know, energy, the creator. But, you know, the word God sometimes can have more negative connotations than positive. But when you get this inspiration from something that is, you know, beyond you, if you will, I, I just, I didn't argue with it. You know, after, I guess, toying around with the title for a month, um, I decided to kind of let go and let God and just thought, you know what, that's the title instead of struggling with it. I just figure I just go with that, having fun with life. And sometimes it's having fun with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you make plans and then life says, no, 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 here's what we're going to do instead. Right? Yes. Well, mm-hmm. I, I was tickled to see it because of my emphasis is on doing things that show that people can grieve and be happy at the same time. And mm-hmm. so many things are so serious. A lot of the books that um, I've read or that people send me are uh, sad. You know, they're memoirs and they're very sad. And I, I love the idea of having fun with God. 
told me that this was there's positivity there and mm-hmm. that that sounded real appealing to me. So what kind of things did you write about in the book? Well, I talk I talk about death. I talk about the man in black, um, this dream that I had that he was chasing me. Mm-hmm. And when he caught up to me, I, I finally turned around and said, what do you want from me? And um, he didn't say anything, but he just kind of took his fingers and he wiggled, you know, wiggled them up as if to like my energy. I could feel the energy from move from the bottom of my feet through my body to the top of my head and out. And and that that symbolizes to me, that symbolizes how death feels like when you cross over your energy leaves your body. And in that moment, I I was fine. I was I, I felt at peace. I felt harmony. And it was a very surreal experience. Like the dream itself just kind of conveyed to me what a family member had just passed. That's what they experienced when they passed. There was no pain. So sometimes when somebody, for example, commits suicide uh, by hanging, you, you wonder what their last thoughts were, you know, how did they feel? Were they in pain? And when you have this premonition, if you will, dream, if you will, of going through the motions of death chasing you and then and then having this feeling of your energy move from the bottom of your feet through your body to the top of the head and out, I it was like, oh, this is what it feels like to leave. And it was very peaceful. There was no pain. It was easy. And it's so true. It's so much easier to transition from the physical to the non-physical than to the non-physical into the physical, because we all have to pass through a human body and we all cry when we come out. And it's I don't think that's as fun or as easy as to go through, you know, the transition of leaving the physical to the non-physical. And that in, in itself made me feel more at peace with death, that there's nothing to fear. Um, we fear the unknown. We don't know what it's like. I mean, we see a lot on, on you know, growing up with television, you know, people dying and they're like, uh, you know, it's always some kind of traumatic uh, event that happens and it looks painful depending on the way they've passed, right? So, but knowing that the transition is is a lot easier for me, made made death not as as jarring, not as fearful. So that that helped. That really helped uh, being able to experience that. And that's basically, you know, I started writing about the man in black, that dream, and then I just kind of continued on from there. Um, I start, you know, with my birth, growing up with my mom. My mom, my mom's death was the first uh, that I've ever experienced. I was 15 years old. She committed suicide. Mm. And, um, you know, it was hard because you're 15, you're just, you know, becoming a woman, you're discovering new things. And, you know, your number one caregiver is no longer there. But it was years later that I realized that she's still with me in, in spirit and has been more of, a, of, of an effective parent on the other side than she would have been in the physical, because they don't, they don't sleep, you know, they don't, they don't have to eat or sleep so they could always be guiding and loving always and um you know if my mom was in the still alive and told me to write a book or get therapy I would have said no 
I'm going to do what I want to do, you know, as a teenager. And, you know, but when they're with you in spirit, they have so much more influence than we realize. I, I agree with you on that. I, I really see that. I've throughout my lifetime have been with quite a few people in, in the process of their death through different things that I've done. I My family owned an ambulance company back in the olden days when you only had to be 14 years old and have an advanced first aid certificate to ride in the back as an ambulance attendant. And so starting at 14 years old, I was seeing people transition. And then I later I worked as a nurse to put myself through college. And I, you know, there, there was just Death happened lots. And the way you described it, of going from your feet and up out the top, really reminds me of the experiences that I've had when I've been with someone. You can almost feel that happen. in, And I hadn't really thought about it in that sequence, but starting at your feet and then exiting through the top is kind of what it looks like a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I find it fascinating that you describe it that way. Well, that's exactly what the dream was showing. And it was like so real. That dream had me the next morning. I was still kind of shaken, if you will. And I was I remember staying with my aunt and uncle at the time. And, you know, they they wanted to hear about the dream because I said I had a really scary dream and I haven't had like a nightmare since I was a kid because that's what it felt like. And when I told them, they said, oh, well, that sounds awesome. You conquered death. You faced fear, right? And, you know, you faced death and lived to tell about it. And I and I came away thinking, yeah, that's a good way to see it. But that's not how I felt inside. Like inside, I knew something was up. Do you know a month later, that's when my cousin committed suicide. So it was a bit of like a warning dream, like a, hey, this is really unpleasant, but you'll get through it. You know, it's the universe's way of saying, hey, this is not going to be, you know, pleasant for you, but you'll see the beauty of it later on down the road, you know, why things happen the way they do happen. Uh, it seems like, I, I don't know whether because of the internet and social media and the way news gets around now, we hear so much more now about people dying from suicide than we used to hear. Mm-hmm. And it's it's uh it's interesting to be able to find some some comfort or peace in thinking about that happening. That, that there it wasn't it isn't necessarily a tragedy. It could be just the way things no. were supposed to be. Yeah. And I and I read in a spiritual book years ago that every death is a is a suicide. And at first I had a hard time swallowing that pill. I thought, oh, that's full of, that's garbage. But when you really dig deep into it, like if you really, really want to know what death is all about, what happens, you know, to us after, because I was curious, I had a lot of questions and I was really angry with God too. Oh yeah. I, um, I'm a challenger. <laughs> I'm a tester. They say don't. And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I challenged and I'll ask and like, show me like, I don't understand. I need to, I need clarity on this. And so I will ask, ask and you shall receive. And it doesn't matter what you're asking for. If you want clarity on why somebody uh, has left, you know, why this, uh, this situation had to happen. The answers are there. 
And once you get the answers and you realize everything has to do with your creation, your free will, and that no one can interfere with your creation, your free will. So this is why I think it's so important to teach in school at a very young age, grade school, thoughts and how they become things. And when you will something on yourself, it might not happen right away. It could happen 20 years later. And then out of the blue, you're like, well, why is this happening to me? I'm a good person. And all these bad things are happening. And not realize that you've inadvertently willed it upon yourself without realizing the ramifications of it. For example, um, my mom, before she committed suicide, was in a very uh, toxic and terrible abusive relationship which led her to her suicide. And I thought she was, uh, you know, a weak person, not, you know, strong enough to leave him. Like, why couldn't she, you know, just get up and leave? I mean, how hard could it be? I was maybe 12 years old when I thought, you know, if this, if I was in this situation, I would be able to get out. And without realizing it, I had wished it upon myself with my second marriage, because it was, uh, it wasn't so much uh, physically abusive, but mentally, emotionally, and say in, in, and uh, psychologically abusive. And when I asked spirit, source energy, why is this happening to me? Because I don't remember choosing this. That memory of me at 12 years old saying saying to, you know, spirit, you know, if, if I was in the situation that my mom was in, I'd be able to get out. And I put myself in her shoes. And I, boy, did I ever feel her presence. And it was a lot of forgiveness, a lot of forgiveness, a lot of understanding. And with the writing, uh, having fun with God at the time that I was going through this, a lot of, um, did I say healing? Peace of mind. Yeah, peace of mind too. So it was a learning, it was a learning curve for me. And so now I'm a lot more conscious of what my thoughts are, what I'm thinking about. Okay, how do I feel? Anxious. Okay, well, what am I thinking about? Okay, well, that's thought, thought is not serving me. So I'll think about something that makes me feel good. You know, it's again, it's a work in progress. It's so easy to go on automatic pilot, especially with all the distractions with social media and all that good stuff. And people wanting to get your attention. Think about this. We want you to buy this product or service. Follow me like me, you know, and all that stuff. So but I think it's so important if you want to live a happy and a successful life to mind what you're thinking about and focus upon what you do want as opposed to what you don't want. And it's easier said than done. Yes, it is easier said than done. And and I see that the having uh, positive thoughts and thinking what would be great for you instead of what would be horrible for you <laughs> makes a huge difference. Because as you said, that what you focus on is is what comes to you. Mm-hmm. So and I I know that to be true for me that when I, I've gotten to a point in my life where I focus on love. And unconditional love. And I'm not just talking about romance. I'm talking about people in general and society. And, you know, not not everybody does what I think that they should do, like some of the war things that are happening in our world today. It's not that I condone that. It's that I realize that they're kind of making their own decisions. I know my husband, uh, was when I would talk to him about this sort of thing, I'd say, why Why do we keep doing these things over and over? You know, do, having different wars, why, why 
do we not have peace in the world? <laughs> mm-hmm. And he said, because that's that's what whoever it is that's doing it agreed to, mm-hmm. that they're going to do it. And you can't control anybody else's thoughts or what anybody else is going to do, but you can take care of yourself. And that that's, that's the most important things is when, when you pay attention. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm hearing you say is paying attention. Oh yeah. Cause I, I went down the rabbit hole with all the COVID and this and that and the other. And, um, and boy, is it ever deep, the darkness, but I wanted to know the darkness in order to know the light, you must dig in the dark deeply. And I, I, and I, I kept getting from the higher self, you need to do shadow work. You need to dig in the dark even though I didn't want to, part of me was curious. The ego was curious, but the other part didn't really want to too much. But we we dug into the dark, and and uh, that shook us. And uh, then we just started to accept, you know, that this is what it is, and to focus on okay, w- based on where I am now, where do I want to go, and focus on where I want to go, not where I've been. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so now I just, I just think about a lot of the love that's on the planet. There's a lot more, like I can feel it more so now than I have before. And maybe it's because I've limited amount, the amount of distractions. I'm a lot more aware of what my thoughts are. For example, let's say there's a coworker that's um, going through some things. It's funny because I had a coworker who was very, very angry and I, I I asked Source, you know, Spirit, why is this? Why am I with another this person? Like it's it's very awkward and and un, it's an unhappy situation. And that Spirit said, well, this person just lost their mom. Mm-hmm. You're a grief counselor. You've been paired together. Like there are no coincidences. There are no accidents when you meet people. And so I thought, oh, okay. So once I understood that, and this is why I love to talk to spirit once i understood that i was in a place where i could be of support i could just listen you know she kind of blew up at me one day for no reason and that voice spirit said it's not about you as soon as i got yelled at and i didn't say a word i just kind of looked at her acknowledged what she said i didn't say anything but i looked at her and then when we got into the car to go to the next job she just gave me a look like, thank you. Thank you, you know, for not adding fuel to the fire, just being there, you know, and I thought, okay, I think I'm starting to get this a little bit, <laughs> you know, and our relationship is pretty good. Like we, we were, we're excited to work together when we're not working together. We were te- texting each other. Well, it sucks that we're not working together, but I hope you have a good day, that sort of thing. And so miracles, miracles can come out of, and this is why I think it's so important to, if you're not sure about something, just ask. You can ask for anything. <laughs> and so I think we forget that we have the ability and the and the and the right and the and the worthiness to ask for whatever whatever it is we want. We're deserving of whatever it is. So, you know, because for me, um, you know, it's all about improving relationships, uh, feeling good, being happy. Um, letting go of attachments of, you know, being a number one bookseller or, you know, meeting all these really influential people. Um, all of that I kind of let go of. 
because that was kind of swimming around. You write a book for the first time and you're like, oh, I'm going to be a best-selling author and strive to get this and have the home and be like Jack Canfield and, and all that good stuff. And then what it boiled down to was just being happy. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I'm just happy. You know, just practicing being happy every day. Yeah. that That's so important. Because so many people uh, have that poor me attitude that all these things are happening to me mm-hmm. instead of taking any responsibility for it. And I know when I started focusing on being happy and, and smiling and uh, being living in love in general, my life changed. I allowed it to change. And I realized then that I w- hadn't been allowing it to change before that, that it, it's much it's. It's easy to play the victim role because then you don't have to worry about anything because it's not your fault, you think. Yeah, and but, you don't have to take responsibility either. Yeah. 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 But then how far could that go? I mean, it gets to the point for me. I mean, one of the reasons why my podcast is on hiatus is because I had worked myself into a frenzy. I ended up in the hospital mm. because I don't know how to take a break. And even even sometimes I don't always listen to that inner voice saying, hey, you need to take a vacation. And I'm like, no, 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 I got to save money. I got to get this book out. I got to do my podcast. Everything costs money. What are you talking about? So and it doesn't matter. It, it'll you know, if you need a break, you need a break. And so for me, my vacation spots for the last couple of years have been in the hospital. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> that, that is going to change, though. That is definitely not the last time I'm like, yeah, this is it. So I'm going to start going places, even if it's just for a few days. And um, treat myself, start to love myself and not just talk about loving self, because we could talk about loving self and self-love. But what are we doing? Really? Are we really putting ourselves first? We're not, we're not conditioned to do that, especially as women, for whatever reason, you know, people pleasing and making sure the family's okay and the friends are okay and our neighbors are okay and our coworkers are okay. And then we put ourselves last and then wonder why we're not happy and things are not going the way we want them to go. And so for me, it's just been a daily practice to, you know, do things for myself, like little things like what do I want to eat? Like make my favorite meal, you know, treat myself once in a while instead of saying, Oh, I can't afford that even though it's only five or 10 bucks, you know what I mean? Um, but it's just the little things. I still yet to write myself a love letter. I think that's kind of silly. (laughs) (laughs) It's not silly at all. It's a really good idea. I know, but I haven't gotten that far yet. I'm still a work in progress when it comes to the self love, but, um, but yeah, I, I find it has made quite a bit of a difference in my attitude and, and in my relationships with family and friends. So I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to keep it up, just being grateful and putting putting the self first. Again, it's a bit of a battle because we're conditioned to put others first. That's right. But I have a challenge for you. What sure. I want you to do is to write that love letter to yourself. And write, write everything that you want to put in there. And when you finish, immediately turn back around. And this sounds kind of convoluted, but write a letter from that self that you wrote to back to you, the you that you are, and see what you have to tell yourself. Mm. It's a really powerful exercise. Really, mm. really powerful. Might be surprised at what comes out. Yeah. 
Yeah, we. I usually am when I write. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, sometimes I know when I write, I'll go back and and read it later and go, I wrote that. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. didn't know I knew that. You know, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's amazing what what we carry around about ourselves and and things that we don't really deal with. They're there's they're in there someplace, but we don't necessarily pay attention. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Why in particular did you decide to help people with grief? Mostly because of the book. I was searching on, you know, ways to promote the book. And then I met this one lady colleague, a friend of mine who does podcasting. And she says, that's a really good way of promoting your book is going on other people's podcasts and uh, letting them know about your book. And um, I guess I was really impatient for whatever reason. And I wasn't getting on as many podcasts as I was hoping to, you know, uh, some, some, I guess, podcasters might have been really busy and weren't really always following through. Um, so I decided through taking this one course of how to be your own podcast, how to host your own show. I decided to do that, even though it was a bit of a commitment, it seemed to be a lot easier for me to have my own podcast and have guests on my uh, podcast rather than be on other people's podcasts and and the whole grief with ease was because you know I talk a lot about death in the book although I do have other experiences but I do mention quite a bit of deaths and I didn't notice that at first and so I thought huh okay so you know after meditating on it for a bit that's when I thought okay yeah we should you know maybe talk about you know grief and then the grief with ease because um, some people grieve and they just, they're always in grief. And years and years and years and years go by and they just haven't gotten over it. And I just feel for those people because I'm like, well, now you're not even alive anymore. You're half dead Fred. You know, you're just a corpse going from one, you know, station in life to another without really living, you know. So how do I help those people? Right. Because my my mom is with me in spirit. My My dad, after he passed. He came to visit so many times, not just me, but other family members. Hmm. Oh, yeah. He he was really in their faces. He wasn't in my face as much, but like one relative, he was like following her around the apartment, like do something with your life. And she's like, oh, you're dead. You're dead. Leave me alone. And I'm like, (laughs) I I said, I said, well, no, he's not dead. And you should listen. You know, (laughs) like you got somebody who's already transitioned coming to you and visiting you and saying to you do something with your life. I mean, if that isn't a huge sign, I don't know what is. So it just seemed to kind of fit. It just seemed to make sense. Yeah. So that's why I had the degree with ease. Yeah. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I think uh, for me, uh, recognizing when it was time for me to write my book, it was almost like a relief, you know, <laughs> like I'd been carrying this stuff around and this was my way of sharing it. Yeah. And, and you find a lot of healing too, and understanding, oh, yeah. and clarity, and peace of mind, which is priceless. I mean, you can't put a dollar amount on any of it, on any of it. I mean, even if you become a best-selling author and make millions, um, that does not happiness, peace of mind. That that is something that even you know, money or no money, again, priceless. So, yes. I just find that, um, you know, and now when I hear about 
people passing, it's, you know, it's, it's sad for the ones that are left behind. And, you know, you're going to go through the stages of whether it's denial or anger and guilt and all that. It's, I find for me, because I, I realize that there is a process and I've been there before. It's, it's easier in that sense where I, I, I get, I've been there before, but it's still not easier when somebody suddenly goes. It's still, I still go through the motions where I get angry with God and um, why did this have to happen? And then after listening or meditating, I start to calm down and see the perfection, if you will, trust the process. But yeah, you, you know, we're emotional beings, so we're going to feel whatever it is. And, you know, to feel it is is the best way to heal, is to feel. So I just kind of allow myself to, to do the crying or whatever it is, the anger, punching a pillow, think, you know, this is God's face right here. <laughs> Punch it. <laughs> I know this sounds terrible, but again, you're, we're talking about um, energy, which is unconditional loving. Mm-hmm. And so it it it's unconditional. So you could say or do whatever. It doesn't it doesn't matter. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's been wonderful talking to you today. For our listeners, I will have in the show notes how all of um, Martika's links so that you can get her book, so you can find out more about her. And when her podcast is going again, you'll be able to listen to that too. So be sure that you keep track of what's there in the link and links in her, our show notes so that you can find good stuff. So thank you so much for being with me here today. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor. Oh, you're welcome. And we'll see all our listeners again next week. Thank you for listening. Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode.